0: Luke chapter 9, verse 23, and he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. God moment number 11, I dream other dreams. This is Sean and the Word. Man, God bless you. It's so good to be with you again. You know, we're talking about God moments, and when we talk about God moments, we're talking about times within my life that the Lord really showed up and showed up in a mighty way. Not every one of these moments, as I've stated before on all of these podcasts, not every one of these moments is really the best times of my life. Really, they've been real struggles, real-to-deal struggles, moments where the Lord truly stepped in and he made a difference to help me. But you see here in Luke chapter nine, Jesus was speaking about serious discipleship, the kind of discipleship that no longer lives for self or selfish gain, but the kind that is willing to give it all up to the Lord and for the work of the Lord. That looks totally different for every one of us. Some people struggle with different things, and some people hold on to different things. But the reality is when we must be willing to lay those things down, no matter what it is or what we hold in high regard, in order for us to completely and wholeheartedly to follow Jesus. The idea is that following Jesus is so much more valuable and important than anything. Anything else we could con- conjure up on our own strength, ability, or even on ourselves. We must deny ourselves. You know, when Jesus says that, that really refers to setting aside one's interest for the sake of God's kingdom. Taking up his cross every day as Jesus' disciples must be willing to follow him every day no matter what the cost is. Jesus continues this thought in Luke chapter 9, verse 24, he says, For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever wishes to whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. What Jesus is not speaking about is dying or killing oneself. He's not talking about literally losing your life. It's a figurative term of speech here. And with that figurative term of speech, Jesus is talking about holding in high value the things of God rather than the things of self. When Jesus says you'll lose your life, if you look to save your life, you'll lose it. When he says that, he says by seeking to avoid the potential hardships associated with following Jesus, a person ends up losing their life. They don't end up gaining everything that God has for them. But yet, those who lose their life for my sake, and they will save it, for those who embrace Jesus' calling to discipleship, including the difficulties it brings, will be saved, will gain all that God has for them. We have turned Christianity into being blessed, and the idea of being blessed as being comfortable. How have we equated blessings to comfort? I know I was raised poor and I had so many hardships and trials as a child, but to come to Christ and realize he had a plan for me resonates much deeper. You see, growing up, I learned to work and work work hard to get what I wanted or what I needed. I learned that with hard work, there was nothing that I could not accomplish or get. I brought this mentality to my work with the Lord, and the Lord just kept teaching me over and over again throughout the years that I must learn to trust Him and rely on Him. That man does not live by work alone, but by faith. (laughs) After months of serving the Lord full-time, as we talked about, uh, the Lord says, you're my man. I serving Him full-time. Excuse me. And uh, as I was serving him full time, you know, it was becoming really hard. Judd moved in with me and was called by the Lord to move in with me and to serve full time as well in the ministry at the church. And it was difficult. It was very difficult. But after months of that, it got even harder. We weren't getting paid, we were making just enough money to pay our rent and to barely keep the lights on in our apartment. We'd have money for food, we barely had money for gas. It was hard. You know, I was really struggling to surrender to God's plan for my life. You know, for I had graduated Bible college, and I had expectations. You know, I graduated Bible college, and I really expected that after I graduated and got equipped and I was pastoring, that I would be able to provide my basic needs through income. I really thought God had another idea. I thought, wait a second. I thought it was only normal for you, to man, to be able to work a job and get paid. But God was teaching me something else. You see, it was that time of testing, it's that time of refining. The, the not have funds to eat on, the not have funds to pay your bills is hard. That old Sean nature, that na- that Sean mentality that simply wanted to work, work, work to get what I wanted or needed, it kicked in. And I began to apply that to the way that I viewed ministry. I would wake up real early. I would try. I would, I mean, I would show up at the church before 5 o'clock in the morning, and I would stay there until 10:30, 30, 11 o'clock at night, just work, 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 work. But I never got a paycheck. and It really began to bother me. You know, it, something happened after months of this. It reminded me when I was younger, and I worked for this guy. I was doing construction, and I was working for this guy, and I worked for a week, and usually we would get paid on Friday, and he said, oh, you know, I don't have your paycheck. Well, I didn't think nothing of it. I was just a kid, and and the next week I showed up, and I worked again. Worked hard, hard work, blisters on your hand type work. Friday came, guess what? No paycheck. He had went and spent it on drugs and alcohol. He didn't have my money. He was a deadbeat boss. And the feelings that I had, they're like, man, I just got robbed. I gave this guy two weeks of hard work. And And so this type of feeling began to rear up into my mind and heart after several months of not getting paid. I really thought, man, I'm working this hard. I'm giving him my very best. And what am I, serving a deadbeat boss? That same feeling arose deep within me. And I'm telling you. We do not serve a deadbeat boss. God always pays his workmen. Secondly, what I've learned is that when God has given you nothing, he's still giving you something, he's giving you what you need. You see, that time in those years and months of not being paid, but yet being obedient, being faithful was really a building block to where I am and what I'm doing now. My boss, my Lord, my master always takes care of his people. Even when he's giving you nothing, he's giving you what you need. The Lord was teaching me. Do I trust him? Will I be obedient even when it's hard? So the lease on my apartment came up around May, and there was no way I could resign. You know, it was just, it was awful. I am like, I just can't do it. So me and Judd moved into my mom's house. And you want to talk about humiliating? You got the senior pastor and the associate pastor living at their mom's house. That was embarrassing. You manhood, you know, for a man to be living at his mom's, man, it was I just I don't know. I can't explain to you the humility that the embarrassment. But it was God, God doing a work in me. Am I going to be obedient even when it's embarrassing? Am I going to be obedient even when it's humbling? When it's hard? You know what, the Lord, even though it was like that, God was still using it. He was not only using it to train and mold me and Judd, he was using it to bless my mom. So my mom always loved the Lord, but when Judd and I moved into her house, she really got to see what it meant to live for the Lord. She really got to see what it meant to walk with the Lord. God really used that time, night and day, where she's just not looking at her son, but she's looking at Judd, and she's watching Judd and his humility and his meekness and his desire for the kingdom of God. She's seeing that, and God's using it to stir her heart, to touch her life. You see, uh, uh, the Lord takes these fleshly desires and and he looks to change him he looks to weed them out he looks to remove them in order for us to be a true disciple a true follower of him when well, we're not looking to solely please ourselves but we're looking to please him you see the flesh uh, the flesh that is full of itself is full of pride caring what people thinks caring what you got caring about what you don't have But see, the Lord helped us in that situation. And as you journey with the Lord, he is looking to help you in your situation to deny yourself, to deny yourself. It's not about you alone and to take up your cross of obedience to follow. You know, God taught me to take up my cross, taught me to to, to be willing to lay my life down for him. Willing to lay down my agenda, lay down my plans, lay down my will for his will and for his glory. You see, some laters, some years later, I would be walking and the Lord would tell me one morning that the, he wanted me to leave there. And it was time for me to move on to the nation of Vietnam as a missionary. As I was preparing the congregation for my transition, that congregation decided to offer the facilities that we had To a Spanish congregation that we were helping. That Spanish congregation accepted and they paid the church for the facilities. The church then turned around and said, Pastor Sean, all those years that we were unable to pay you, we kept record. We kept note. And we want to give you all those years of back pay. And sow a seed in that ministry in Vietnam. Well over $100,000 was given to us that we could use it for the land, for the facilities, and to start the work in the nation of Vietnam. Some eight years later, from that day, 48 pastors have graduated. Churches planted throughout the nation. Right now, we have 39 churches throughout the nation of Vietnam, 77 pastors and leaders in our ministry. God is faithful And when we dream other dreams When we don't live for ourselves, When we don't live for the things of this world And we deny ourselves To live for Jesus and greater things We dream other dreams We, We think bigger than What's only related to us What's only for us I believe God is wanting to do a work in your life. That, that, yes, it may be uncomfortable. Yes, it may be difficult. Yes, it may lead to a place of brokenness. But it's a, it's a time, a time of preparation, a time of discipleship. So He always pays His man, He always pays His woman. He's just wanting to check and see if that's you. Are you willing to deny yourself? Take up your cross and follow him every day. Even if that means being uncomfortable, being humiliated, being humbled, being embarrassed, being broken. Are you willing to be obedient to the point of being broke? See, he who saves his own life, will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake, Jesus says, will save it. Let's dream other dreams. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord. We don't want to go into the ways of this world, Lord, where it's all about me, myself, and I. The ways of the flesh, Lord, that looks to glorify and edify and self-appease. God, we want to live for you. We say, Lord, here we are, half your way. Help us, Lord, to not dream the American dream, but to dream other dreams, the ones that glorify your name and draws men and women unto you. We love you, Lord, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, amen, amen, amen. God bless you real good. God bless you all the way. And we'll see you next time on Sean and the Word.